0: Hey everybody, Wasilla Steve here from Alaska. You know, I listen to five or six podcasts regularly, and one of them is the handgun world. And why? Because I too am a cancer survivor. And because Bob survived cancer, and I survived cancer, Bob got the pleasure of teaching me in two of his classes. And boy, did he ever enjoy that. And I'm not trying to brag or anything, but he taught the best student he has ever had. That being my good friend who attended the classes with me. So here now, a true survivor, a great American, and hands down, one of the best instructors I know, Bob Maine. Hi folks, I'm Bob Main. I carry a gun because I can't carry a cop. Welcome to another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Introductory music by Ozark Revival at www.ozarkrevival.com. And welcome to episode number 560 of a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me. This opening music and the closing music is by Ozark Revival called You Ain't Getting My Guns. And you can find a link to You Ain't Getting My Guns in the show notes. I'm going to talk about ammo and magazines this week, but I want to remind you this show is brought to you by Keepers Concealment, the leading authority on appendix carry and appendix carry holsters and appendix carry training. Check them out, keepersconcealment.com, and also get CCW safe legal protection if you're going to carry a gun every day. You get 10% off at CCW Safe just by using the discount code KC10OFF. KC10OFF. That will also be in the show notes. Ammo and magazines, what I want to talk about. I haven't brought up this subject in quite a while, so let me get right into it first of all ammo uh the prices seem to be coming down. I saw some nine millimeter f m j practice ammo at around thirty six cents around for a case of a thousand and uh, that's gonna be in my budget in about two weeks and if it's still at around thirty six cents around or a little bit lower, uh maybe I might have to get some of that. not quite sure yet, so I don't know yet but i but I might have to get some of that may be a case. I'm um, Again, we'll see about that. So the price coming down a little bit, and even if it doesn't, concentrate on ammo and magazines. And I'm going to explain why. These are often overlooked. But let's face it, um, a gun is mostly useless without any ammo, without good ammo. So I think it's something that That gets overlooked, and it's a sad fact because it shouldn't get overlooked. The gun is only one piece of this whole system. The holsters and the belts are another piece. The ammo is another piece. And the magazines, well, the magazines are part of the gun, but yes and no, because I want to talk a little bit about that in this episode. But getting back to ammunition, first let's talk about concealed carry ammunition my favorite that i like to stock up on would be federal hst 124 grain and i like the standard pressure i like the standard pressure not the plus p 124 federal 124 grain federal hst the reason is i think the plus p's have too much recoil for what i would get with the plus p pressure I think the 124s are just fine. All the ballistic tests that I've watched on the 124 grain Federal HSTs seems to be very adequate. Even the standard pressure. And I get less recoil, less blast, and so I, I can shoot it better. And that's just the bottom line. you got to pick an ammo you can shoot better. Don't just pick ammunition because somebody else says it's good. Buy one box, shoot it, see if you like it. Buy a box of a different brand, shoot it, see if you like it. Repeat that five or six times until you find the brand that you like and your gun likes. See, every gun I own seems to like the Federal HSTs. Now, another one, which is difficult to find, I like Corbon DPX, 115 grain. That is plus P, but for some reason, that doesn't seem to have as much recoil. So I like to use that occasionally. Occasionally, I will use up the supply that I have of the Hornady Critical Duty, the 135 grain 9mm flex. That I'm not real crazy about, but I've got a supply. So every once in a while when I want to test a gun with concealed concealed carry ammo, I'll use that. And also, um, I've got some of the Hornady XTP. 9mm, 115 grain. Uh, I do like the XTPs. Those are real good. And they've got, they call them the XTP hollow point bullets. Copper hollow point bullets. I like it. But those are, that's about what I stick to. I really like to stick to Federal HST. Spear gold dots are real good. I used to be a hardcore spear gold dot fanatic. And, and I used to, you know recommended everybody get spear gold dot. When Federal came out with the HSTs, the spear gold dots just seem to have a lot of recoil, especially in the small guns. Like when I shot my Shield or when I shot my Glock 43 or even my Sig P three sixty five. I seem to get less recoil with the Federal HSTs and also with the Corbon DPX. Not sure why, but those Corbon DPX just feel real comfortable. Uh, I think they're pretty tough to find. I'm not sure if they're still made or not. I think for a while they were not made, but I think Federals are fine. Even if you shoot 40 and 45, the Federal HSTs going to serve you well. And I'm just talking about mainly 9 millimeter 40 and 45. Let me get into 380 just a little bit here because I, I do own and carry some 380 caliber guns. Premium One, I think, is what it's called. I found and I bought three or four boxes of that. I think it's called Premium One. I'll put a link in the show notes for it. Federal HST, probably pretty good in 380s as well. 380 Spear Gold Dots. Just get good quality, proven hollow point ammunition. A lot of people say, well, which one, you know, which one does? It, should I carry? And I used to buy into the conventional wisdom that you should carry what your local law enforcement carries. I don't know if I really cling to that much anymore. You know, I think that law enforcement is going to get what's most economical for them. And it's going to be all about most likely price or what they can get a good deal on. And every law enforcement Is different, but if you want to go by that philosophy, figure out what the local law enforcement's carrying and carry that ammo, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's fine, but I don't think that's a hard and fast rule. Just get a good quality, I would say, get something that is pretty well known. So that most you you can pretty much rely on the fact that the quality control has probably been done. No ammo manufacturer is perfect. So please realize that. No ammo manufacturer is perfect. Far from it. And there are going to be bad rounds in anything you buy. But I'll tell you what. I cannot recall a failure in shooting my Federal HSTs and my Corbon DPXs and the hornady critical duty i've not been able to document a malfunction it's high quality stuff it's expensive but it's high quality and also spear gold dots when i shot those a lot i could not document i can't remember a malfunction the malfunctions i've had in my pistols to the best of my knowledge, have all come from practice ammunition. Because it's cheap, and, and usually I buy the some of the cheapest stuff that I can get my hands on. And that's okay, it's just practice and training in from, uh, uh, ammunition. Now, my favorite training ammo that's not the cheapest that I can get my hands on, I really like CCI Blazer Brass. I like that, and I like Magtech. So whenever I see CCI Blazer Brass or Magtech or even American Eagle FMJ practice ammo, I buy it. Those are my three favorite. I have the least amount of malfunctions with those. The steel case stuff is okay. You can get good prices on it, but I got to say I've had my share of malfunctions and also reloaded ammunition. I've had my share of malfunctions with reloaded ammunition. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there selling remanufactured or reloads. Just be careful with those when it comes to training and practice competition ammo. Now, if you're a real serious competitor, you're probably going to buy some super high-grade, high-quality FMJ practice training ammunition. Because you're probably not going to have malfunctions with that. And if you're a reloader, you're going to reload high-quality bullets and primers and brass and clean the brass well and size your bullets and everything size your ammunition properly and tune it for your gun if you're buying reloads that i think can be kind of risky make sure you know who you're buying from and do they have a track record of producing good quality reloaded ammunition the one problem with buying factory loaded practice ammo is it's pretty hot it's pretty hot loaded so, when you go to a competition match or a training class, you know, you're not going to have some of the real light recoil that some people have when they reload their own and they, and they reload it and tune it exactly to their gun. You might have a little bit of a disadvantage, but you can get used to it. I like CCI Blazer Brass. That doesn't seem to have too much recoil to it. And that's one reason why I kind of go towards that ammo. And everything I'm talking about, folks, none of these manufacturers are sponsors of the Handgun World podcast. I just want you to know that. I talk about my own experiences and what I've used in 16 years. Hey, and by the way, speaking of 16 years, um, today is August 1st, 2021. And August 6th, 2009 was my first Handgun World episode. So this show is five days away from being 12 years old old thank you so i begin my 13th year starting with the next episode my 13th year of podcasting and actually i did today's survival show my first episode of that was in july of 2019 uh 2009 excuse me so anyway thank you folks for listening to me for 12 years and here's some here's to some more good years coming up what do you think Once again, a big thank you to everybody. So getting back to ammo, I would say it's, you know, I I can't overemphasize how important it is to stock up on ammunition. We all get enamored with buying new guns, right? New guns, new guns. Everybody wants to get a new gun. How about some new ammo? Why don't you get some new ammo to run through your gun? You know what? In the 16 years that I've been doing this, I've really never seen anybody with a worn-out gun. I haven't. I haven't been to the range with somebody shooting a worn-out gun. I mean, one that's completely worn out. That's that's good for nothing, you know. I haven't seen where they've shot the barrel out or, you know, where they've... Unless it was some kind of like a kaboom or something like that. Some kind of kaboom that destroyed the gun. I actually saw that happen a couple of times. But I've never seen anybody shoot something that was shot so much that it was worn out. Today's guns are difficult to wear out. I don't care what they are, revolvers or semi-automatics. They're hard to wear out. So, And you know why that is? Because I think people, if they only have one gun, they probably are not the kind of shooter that is going to shoot thousands of rounds every year. Most likely not. So, therefore, their gun's not going to be real worn out because they really haven't shot it so much. And... I've always thought it's a good, you can get a good deal on used guns and used guns are actually a good thing to purchase, you know, because they're probably not used very much. I mean, think about it. If somebody doesn't like a gun, what do they do? They either don't shoot it or they sell it after they shoot it a little bit. So if you buy it, you're going to get a gun that's barely been shot or been shot a little bit and the owner didn't like it. So that's why it's up for sale. And some of today's modern handguns, like Glocks and M&Ps and Sigs and Rugers and XDs and CZ striker fired guns and H&Ks, they're so well made that buying them used, it's, it's hard to get a bad gun if you buy them used. So and you can always inspect a used gun before you buy it for the condition and things like that. So, but everybody wants guns. They want to buy guns, buy guns. What about ammunition? What about ammunition? Don't forget about it. It's, it's easy to do. I found myself with too low of a supply of ammunition recently. And I'm not going to give out the number of what I think is a low supply. I'm not going to go there. I don't really. I don't want to start a big argument. I don't really want people to, uh, everybody to know exactly what I have. But for my liking, my ammo supply about the middle of last year, it got too low for me. So I focused more lately on ammunition than I did on firearms. I did acquire the Shadow Systems mr nine twenty, but I purchased a ton of ammunition before I got that gun. By the way what a fabulous gun the shadow systems mr920 it's now my primary carry without a doubt by far absolute incredible value these guns they're an incredible value they're just i think if you like striker fired pistols i think it's difficult to find something better than the shadow systems mr920 especially if you're going to put an optic on it if you're going to put an optic on a gun the shadow systems optic mounting system is incredible and i will be getting a Holosun 507c very soon for mine and if you want to get a Holosun optic go to my amazon store at handgunworld.com and i've got a link there for a Holosun optic you don't have to buy that one you can buy any one you want but if you use my amazon store link on any of the products That I've got there even if you don't buy that product you can shop for whatever you want on Amazon you can buy anything you want just go through one of my links on my store first you won't spend any extra money and you'll support this show by doing it so a Holison 507 green dot is what's going to probably go on this gun but here again I'm talking about gear that's for another show back to talking about ammunition I do like solid copper bullets for concealed carry ammo, self-defense ammo. Uh, I like that, but it's not a deal breaker for me. Oftentimes, I can find Federal HSTs on sale and at a very reasonable price, so I'll buy those. Sometimes, if I find some of the ammo with all copper bullets, hollow points, I'll buy those too. So, those are some of my thoughts on ammo. Now, magazines. Another very important part of your gear that often gets overlooked. Magazines. Now, people think, well, maybe I should just uh, stick with the magazines that came with the gun. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, most manufacturers don't give you enough. In fact, they all don't give you enough magazines when you buy the gun. Some manufacturers out there, you get one magazine, one lousy magazine with the gun. That's ridiculous. I think that's ridiculous. I, I don't understand why manufacturers do well. I do understand why they do that. It's, um, it's all about money. It's all about cost. F- follow the money, right? But th- what a huge disservice to the gun owner, one magazine. If that magazine fails, you got, you're out of luck. You got a single shot pistol. So some manufacturers give two magazines with the purchase of a gun. That's better. Some give three. Fifth generation Glocks, you get three magazines. Now that's even better and that's reasonable. I think three magazines is reasonable. Now some gun manufacturer employees if they're listening to me right now they're probably, you know, not very happy with what I'm saying but well, too bad. I like to tell the truth. Right? The, truth, the truth is incontrovertible, as Winston Churchill once said. Ignorance may attack it and malice may deride it, but in the end, there it is. The truth, it's incontrovertible. The truth sets you free, right? And so, I'm going to speak the truth. And I think three magazines is barely reasonable. Problem is, you can't find too many manufacturers that give you even more than two, and certainly probably not more than three. So you got to go get some more magazines. My personal belief is that you should own six magazines minimum for each gun you own, especially if it's going to be a carry gun, six magazines. And if you own six magazines for your concealed carry gun, make three of them, for concealed carry and three of them for training and practice. Separate your training magazines from your concealed carry self-defense magazines. You want your self-defense magazines to be in perfect shape. You don't want them to be used thousands and thousands of rounds and dropped in the dirt and stepped in the mud and stuff like that that happens when you go to an outdoor range or if you're shooting at an indoor range you don't want it to be jammed on the concrete floor too much and then depend on that magazine for your self-defense needs. You do need to test your magazines. You do need to run some ammo through them and test them but make sure that they're in good condition and separate them from your training magazines. Now, This Shadow Systems pistol came with two Magpul magazines. And these things are great. I've used these before, so I got several. The P-Mags, the 15-round GL9 P-Mags from Magpul. You get supplied two of those with Shadow Systems pistols. And I think they're excellent. If you own a Glock pistol, Glock magazines, they're good. I mean every single Glock magazine I've ever used has been an excellent magazine. Now, let's talk about some of the small Glock pistols if you own a 48 or a 43X. This is where I divert from the philosophy of use the mags that came with your gun. The mags that come with Glock 48s, for example, are great mags, but they're only 10 rounds. Shield Arms makes s15 mags that i've tested and i've owned for over a year now and these things are phenomenal they work very well and they hold 15 rounds and they're the same size as the magazines that are 10 rounds that come with your g48 or your g43x pistol so i see nothing wrong with the shield arms s15 mags i did a youtube review If you go to YouTube, go to the Handgun World YouTube page. There will be a link in the show notes for that. I did a whole video review for those. Check it out over there, my YouTube channel, plus a bunch of other videos. Speaking of videos, Ben Branham and I have two new videos going up on the Shooters Club. One's about the 5x5 shooting drill. And the other is about shooting a new Colt King Cobra. No, I'm sorry, Python. A new Colt Python, not a King Cobra. What am I saying? A new Colt Python. And so Ben's review of that is going to be at the Shooters Club. So just go to ShootersClubMembers.com. ShootersClubMembers.com. You can get signed up for only $8 a month, $75 a year. And there's over like 87 videos now once these two go up. Quality educational videos. Check that out and my YouTube channel. So, magazines. I think that if you've got six mags for each of your guns, you're good. Now, my personal belief is 10 mags for each gun. Now, you might say, oh, that's expensive, Bob. Yeah, it's expensive. But the magazine, if you're shooting a semi-automatic pistol, it's the heart of your gun. It really is. Now, if you're shooting a revolver, of course, you don't have to worry about magazines if all you do is carry revolvers. But then you got to worry about speed loaders and moon clips and things like that. So, you know, and I'm not a big revolver shooter, so I don't know a lot about that. You know, if you want to talk about extra ammo and you're a revolver shooter and you got some things to share, how about calling my voicemail 210-646-1727? Two one zero six four six seventeen twenty seven, and I'll put you on the Handgun World podcast. But back to semi-automatics. I think that also you need to have some good base plates on your magazines. Now, one of the things I like about the Magpul magazines is their base plates. Most of my Glock carry magazines, I've put the Larry Vickers base pads on them and those are excellent because they give me something to grab onto if I have to rip the magazine out of the gun or if it just doesn't drop free and I've got to pull it out of there it just makes it that's an important feature to think about that I don't like mags that sit perfectly flush with the bottom of the grip I don't like that because it's hard to get that magazine out of there manually and I have a mag well on this MR920. So, most regular Glock mags are going to fit real flush. And I don't like that. So, I like to either put the mags in here, use the Vickers base pad mags or the uh, Magpul mags. And Magpul's quality, haven't had any problems with them. A number one stuff. Also, the Shield Arms S15 mags. And I have a couple of Sig P365s. Uh, I'm just sticking with the SIG mags for those right now. SIG makes quality stuff. I understand that they're expensive. I know that the SIG mags are expensive, but you know what? They work. They work, and they're tough, and they're rugged, and I have faith and trust in them. And so, they're the mags that came with the gun. I buy extra of the same type. You got to have lots of magazines, folks. It's just, it's something that... In my opinion, if you're a gun owner and you're a serious gun owner and you're serious about using that gun for self-defense and you're going to train with it, you're going to practice with it, get more mags. Six minimum, how about ten? Now, I'm going to mention something about magazines that I am not very good at. How many of you listening to this right now clean your magazines? I'm asking that question. How many of you clean your magazines? I'll bet most people who are listening to me right now, most the majority, probably say either "No, I don't" or not very often. Magazines have to be cleaned just like the gun, and magazines are easy to take apart, most of them, and just clean them out, and the springs need to be replaced. Now, the springs, you know you can tell when a magazine is is in need of new springs. It gets real weak. I mean, if you can put the if you can put the rounds in there with your thumb by ease, and you can easily put all the magazines in there, every last one of them, if you can fill up the whole magazine with your thumb, you probably have a weak spring, especially if it's a self-defense mag. Now, if it's a magazine I'm going out to compete or go to a training class, and I really don't care too much if I have a malfunction and it's got a weak spring, eh, I'll go compete with it. But not something that I'm going to bet my life on. I don't want weak springs. Magazine springs are cheap, folks. So replace magazine springs. They're cheap. They don't cost much money to do that. I'm really bad about cleaning my guns. And I'm even worse about cleaning my magazines. So that's something I'm going to say to all of you who are listening to me right now. I'm going to get better at cleaning my magazines and keeping them in good condition. Okay, time to make a major shift in gears here. Every once in a while, I like to talk a little bit about modern day survivalism in this episode. Most of you know when I start talking about prepping, I don't go tinfoil hat. I don't do that. I keep things rooted in common sense. And sometimes I repeat things that need to be said over and over again. But there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. There's a lot of uncertainty about supply chains. So I would say stocking up on whatever you can stock up on that you normally use all the time. Buying extra right now is not a bad idea. In fact, it's always a good idea. But even right now, I just feel something is going to happen. Something with supply chains. Just like there were shortages during the height of the COVID crisis. There's probably another crisis that's going to come down the road. And I think, unfortunately, I like to keep things positive. I, I'm not a negative person. I like to f- keep things positive. But I'm here to say that I think. I think that we're going to have crises. For quite a while. Uh, I think we need to get used to. Learning how to how to live through crises. Crises. I guess. Maybe that's the proper English. Which is something I, I sometimes i am bad at. <laughs> Sorry about that. We need to get used to living. Like that. And preparing. So. Please, folks, stock up on food. Please have a month's worth of food in your house. Please. I mean, I'm begging you to do that. Uh, because, I mean, even if you lose your job or even if you take a major cut in pay and you got a month or two worth of food, that's some grocery bills you don't have to worry about while you're trying to find another income. If you got money saved in the bank for two or three months worth of expenses, that's that takes another worry away from you. If, you're, if you happen to find yourself without an income and without working. This is just basic stuff. It's basic common sense. But what are you going to do about yourself when you get to your retirement age? When, when you can't work anymore? And it, that varies for some people. Some people, because of physical challenges and medical challenges, they can't work until they're 65, 70 years old. Some can't. Some have to quit earlier. If you're somebody right now between 35 and 40 years old or 45 years old, you're listening to me, please don't make a mistake that I made. I failed to invest enough when I was younger. Otherwise, I'd be retired by now. And when I say retired, folks, I don't mean do nothing. Retirement's not doing nothing. Retirement is doing whatever you want, whenever you want, With whomever you want. I'll say that again. Retirement is doing whatever you want, wherever you want, with whomever you wish to do it with. When you have that kind of freedom, that's what retirement truly is. And I would have done that a long time ago, but I didn't make enough smart decisions when I was in my 30s and in my 40s. I was just talking about this with somebody. The other day, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of years without car payments, folks. A lot of years without car payments. And my retirement account is much bigger because of it. So that's going to pay off a lot probably for about 10 years from now for me. It's going to pay off. And I have some goals. I was just talking to somebody else. Somebody else you know very well. But I'll keep their name private right now until such time that that person allows me to share it. But I was doing some texting back and forth with somebody that you and I know real well about what we want to do when it's time to, uh, time to do something else. What do we want to do when it's time to do something else? And I have some goals. I have some goals in five to seven years of what I want to be doing. And it's uh, kind of a way of giving back. So that's something that I'm preparing for as well. Being, being full of common sense and acting full of common sense. Do you really need to get that new car with a car payment of $531? Do you really need to do that? I say that because that's the average car payment in America today. $531 approximately. Do you really need to do that? Or can a lesser car... That maybe your payments are only a couple hundred bucks a month. Or maybe you can even afford to pay cash. And you can pay off your debts with the rest of your money. Wouldn't that work for you? Would the lesser car that's not brand new. That might be six or seven years old with 60,000 miles on it. And still in really good condition. Wouldn't that work for you? And the money that you would save Compared to a brand new car. There's a lot. You know. Pay off your debts. Get get debt free. As Dave Ramsey says. Get debt free. And, and the biggest debt free. Is are you debt free. With the exception of your mortgage payment. Are you debt free. With the exception of your mortgage payment. Paying off your house. Is a good thing. But it's not something that. You need to do right away. But what about all your other debts? What about your credit cards, your car loans, your personal loans, the loan for this, the loan for that, and and the loan that everybody takes out? Uh, Come on. Do we really need all this stuff? How about becoming more of a minimalist? Have you ever listened to the Minimalist podcast? Great show. Ryan's one guy's name, I think, and Joshua is another. These guys are great. I mean, I listen to... As many of their episodes as I can. I can't say that I've listened to every one. But I like to listen to them. And they're all about what do you need. You know sometimes what you think you need is not really what you need. You make the decision as to what you need. You and you alone. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the government deciding what you need. They, don't, they have no right to decide. Nobody has any right to decide what you need except for you. I'm just saying what's, what's sensible. What's sensible for you to be doing right now? What do you need? Do you really need the new house with the massive mortgage payment? You know, Is your mortgage payment going to be more than 25% of your income? I, I agree with Dave Ramsey on that. Your mortgage payment really should not be more than 25% of your income. Mine is not. Mine's not more than 25% of my monthly income. So... You know, think about that. These are the kinds of things that really pay off. During COVID-19, I was, I got, I was blessed. During, uh, during the real bad part of COVID. I did not lose my job. Thank God. Praise the Lord. I did not lose my job. So I had a steady income. Now, it was a lot less. Oh boy, it was a lot less. I made a whole lot less money for about 14 months. A whole lot less. But at least I still had an income. I also had a nice emergency fund carrying me through. And there were times I had to get into the emergency fund. There were times I had to use it. There were times I had to dig into that emergency fund. Because my income was severely compromised during COVID. And a lot of people found themselves in that position. So there, that's, there's an example of how my preps paid off. And we didn't have to go to the grocery store as often. So that was nice too. And I'm just now coming out of the income shortage. But it's been tough. It's been a tough probably 16 months for me as it has been for a lot of people. But preparedness always pays off. And if you just prepare for the basic basic things. Prepare for the basic things that are common in your area. Things that might happen. You'll be surprised that when something out of the ordinary happens, like for example, those of us here in Texas. I live in Texas. And you guys, I mean, the whole world knows we had that massive blizzard and snowstorm back in February, which was unprecedented. And not too many people were prepared for it. Um, I, I was I was not as prepared for it as I would have liked to have been, but you know what I found? I found that the basic steps I take, the basic preparations that I do also pay off in any situation even if it's an unusual situation. All stuff to think about. Lastly, I want to talk about my YouTube channel. Check me out over at Handgun World on YouTube. I'll put a link. I'm proud of it. I noticed I was looking at some of my statistics. I've got over a million views on my YouTube channel. I feel like I've got some pretty good stuff there. You'll learn from it. And I have a Patreon page. Those of you that want to support me and uh, you can do it for as little as $3 a month, go to patreon.com and uh slash handgun world patreon.com slash handgun world there'll be a link in the show notes for that as well i have some exclusive content on patreon that you won't find on the shooters club or my youtube channel a lot of different ways i could appreciate your support don't forget my second sponsor concealment solutions every almost every day i wear a concealment solutions holster Or I'm wearing a Keeper's Concealment Holster. The Concealment Solutions Holster I like the best are the Cobra outside the waistband. I really like it. I'm wearing one right now. I've got my P365XL in a Concealment Solutions Cobra outside the waistband holster. It's fantastic. It carries comfortably. It conceals well. Check them out. Concealmentsolutions.com. Handgun World gets you a 10% discount. I also own two keepers holsters. I, I have a holster called the Keepers and another one called the Errand, and both of them I can't recommend highly enough. And they are for carrying appendix. So my second or my my, my other sponsor, Concealment Solutions, check them out. They run specials all the time. They also sell. Mag Holder, horizontal magazine carriers. And since I spent a lot of time talking about magazines in this episode, get yourself a Mag Holder. Try one. Go to ConcealmentSolutions.com. Get one of those. Get your 10% discount by using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD and let me know what you think. They have great belts. I like to use the Concealment Solutions horsehide belt. I like it. Good stuff. Check that out. That's all, folks. A short episode here. I just wanted to get some ideas out there, mostly about ammunition and magazines. I'd like to hear your ideas. Email me, handgunworld at gmail.com. Check it out on Facebook. I always put a post up for each podcast. Voicemail 210-646-1727. I enjoy a lot hearing from my listeners. Folks, I'm Bob Maine. This was another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. Remember, shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. Remember, evil doesn't exist in the holster. It exists in the hearts of men and women. Until next week, thank you for listening. Good.